When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, Dodger fans, and maybe some Philly fans that are sliding on over to check out this episode of The Incline? You know, this is the first ever post-game edition episode of The Incline. You know, you can listen to this show on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and Stitcher. Funny thing is, I was going to record a show pre-game. I decided against it. I was battling some food poisoning that kept me out of commission the last couple days, but I'm back. I'm active again. Yesterday's game was awesome. I wanted everyone to know that the Dodgers, even before that game, had completely owned Zach Eflin. That's why I was hoping we would have faced him back at Dodger Stadium earlier this season. He was scratched with a bad back. Well, now Eflin in his career against the Dodgers, he's 0-3 over five starts. He's got a 9.53 ERA. Dodgers absolutely pounded the Phillies. And I'm not going to take that away from this game, too, because they put up some runs on the board as well. Eight runs tonight. But yesterday, Cody Bellinger had a multi-home run game. At that point in time, he hit his 32 and the 33rd of the season. That's the major league leading home run as of yesterday. Max Muncy, he went deep as well. And so did Alex Verdugo. And Corey Seager, he had a couple hits as well. And Kershaw, he pitched pretty good. Despite having a couple bases loaded jams, he was able to get out of it. Scott Kingery got a solo home run. But besides that, there was nothing more to be seen. Dodgers won that game 16-2. Phillies, 
entering tonight, they were 48 and 46. They're now going to be 49 and 46. You know, this team, they're middle of the pack of runs, 20th in batting average before today's game. And they're bull, they're pitching in the bullpen. It's nothing special. They were 19th in overall team pitching with a 472 ERA. That's probably gone up now because they gave up eight runs. So unfortunately, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Phillies won tonight 9-8. to This game got off to a kind of a rocky start. Started in the first inning when Scott Kingery takes Walker Buehler deep. This is the second night in a row where Kingery hits a solo shot in the first inning. So the Phillies go up 1-0. They didn't have that lead for long, though, because Max Muncy hits a no-doubter off the Philly starter, Vincent Velasquez. So Muncy hits his 25th of the season. And coming into this game, I could have told you that Velasquez has always struggled with control throughout his career. At one point, the Phillies even moved him to the bullpen for a couple months because he just wasn't having it. He has a 487 ERA on the season now. So at this point in time, it's a 1-1. We go to the second inning, and things kind of unraveled for Walker Buehler. Ultimately, the Phillies first pull ahead 3-1 when old friend alert, Brad Miller, who couldn't make it out of spring training, even though I wanted him to make the team. But Miller felt like he could be in the majors, and, you know, he had to bounce around to a couple teams after that, but he's found a home in the Phillies. Miller hits a two-run home run. He puts the Phillies up 3-1. to one. What's a little frustrating about that scenario, though, was the Phillies basically got a free run out of that because JT Riomuto did a pretty routine ground ball to third. He should have been out. Justin Turner throws it a bit wide. Therefore, Jock Peterson couldn't make the grab. However, even though Turner got charged with the air, to me, this is a 50-50 air. Because, frankly, I'm sick of this Jock Peterson at first base experiment. I just don't think it's panning out. He's already made a few airs. And if you looked at the footwork of Jock Peterson, any normal, regular first baseman, Probably would have been positioned better. Could have kept his foot on the bag. Handled that throw. Rio Muto wasn't going to get to first with his speed. It was the throw that pushed Peterson off the bag, which resulted in him being safe. I just think if it was Bellinger or Beatty at first, I think they could have handled that throw. And I'm just still worried to this day that that play is going to come where it's an easy routine ground ball and Peterson's going to bobble it. I'm just going to continue to worry in the back of my head because you can't learn first base overnight. You can't learn it in a few months. It's going to take years of practice to really handle this position. But anyways, Phillies weren't done in that inning. They actually tacked on three more runs thanks to Bryce Harper, the 13-year man making his $330 million or whatever. Bryce Harper taking Walker Buehler deep. Three-run home run. Puts the Phillies up 6-1. to one. Many of you are going to claim that Bryce Harper is overrated. I, for one, don't think he's overrated. Is he overpaid? 
sure. But he's blasted his 17th of the season. He still has an on-base of 373, which is a lot lower than what we're expected to see. But there's still plenty of baseball left to be played. This isn't the last we're going to hear about Bryce Harper in this game. We'll get back to him when that time comes. We go to the top of the fourth now. Justin Turner reaches first. And Cody Bellinger up to bat. Smacks his 34th home run of the season. 358 feet. Extends his major league leading home run lead to 34. Although Christian Yelich hit his 33rd tonight as well. Brewers currently running away with that game against the Atlanta Braves. They won 13 to 1. So Bellinger won ahead of Yelich. And then not too long after that, on a 3-0 count, A.J. Pollock gets the green light, hits a home run to center field. Dodgers now trailing 6-4. Move on to the fifth inning. Jock Peterson, nobody on. Hits a no doubt about it. Dodgers now trailing 6-5. Phillies are going to go to the bullpen. Ultimately, both these teams are able to hold it down to the ninth inning. Walker Buehler ends up going six innings, gave up six runs, two of them being earned. Kind of weird considering that three-run home run to Harper felt like they were all earned to me, but we'll take it. Walker Buehler definitely not as dominant as he was last season. He's having a few more starts where he's just kind of off. He's actually given up as many earned runs this year as he did in all of last season. But Pedro Baez, he had a clean inning. Besides a walk, Yimi Garcia, no hits, no walks. And then for the Phillies, Alvarez did a good job. Nicasio, Morgan, they all held it down. So it's the ninth inning. Max Muncy and A.J. Pollock are able to reach base, setting it up for Matt Beatty, who hits a deep 420-foot home run. Putting the Dodgers ahead, 8-6. to six. And how about Matt Beatty, guys? This guy, is he's got ice in his veins. He is clutch. He's kind of reminding me of a young David Freese. And with Chris Taylor being down now, four to six weeks with that fractured wrist, it's going to give this guy, Matt Beatty, some more plate opportunities, I really hope. This isn't the first time Beatty's hit a clutch home run. I remember attending that game against the Rockies just a few weeks ago when he helped give Walker Buehler the, the complete game win when he hit that walk-off home run against the Rockies. So this was another Buehler start as well. Beatty delivers. Unfortunately, 8-6 to six isn't going to be the final score, though it kind of felt like the Dodgers had all momentum. And I know all the Dodger fans out there knew the Dodgers were going to come back. Baseball Brendan on Twitter, I saw him tweet, that Matt Beatty was going to hit a three-run home run, and this was even before the ninth inning started. So he called that. Unfortunately, Kenley Jansen, he comes in to get the... He's going to come in to attempt to get the save. He's going to ultimately blow it. He That's his fourth blown save of the year. Hector Neris on the other side, he had his fourth blown save of the year. Kenley Jansen falls to 3-3. Three and three. He's got a 372 ERA. Frank Las Vegas on Twitter asks, 
if the Dodgers are going to trade for a new closer? You know, that's a fair question, but ultimately I think it's ride or die with Kenley Jansen for the rest of 2019. When it gets to 2020, that's a fair question to reassess because Jansen continues to regress every season. Essentially, back-to-back World Series now where he's been pretty ineffective, blowing multiple leads, anti-games. So Jansen, not reliable in those World Series moments. But I think in 2019, it's unless a huge meltdown comes for the next couple months, it's fair to say Jansen's going to be the closer. He's the guy that they trust. And yeah, he's having a fairly disappointing season compared to when he used to be lights out dominant, but he's still one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah, he's not what he once was, but I don't know who else you can go to at this point in time. There aren't that many dominant closers in the game at the moment. Come 2020, could be some random guy closing games, could be Pedro Baez, could be Joe Kelly, really don't know. But until Jansen really looks washed up, this is the guy you got to stick with. I know there might be some of you out there disappointed with that response, but I hope all of you are doing okay out there because this is where it gets a little ugly. The backup catcher, Andrew Knapp, he doubles. And then Cesar Hernandez hits a pretty routine fly ball just a few feet past second base. And Max Muncy, he should have been more aggressive, called off Pollock. I don't know what Pollock was really thinking there. Maybe he felt like he still had that high school speed he once had because he was pretty deep out in center field, and he called off Muncy, and that ball just dropped. And that didn't work out for the Dodgers ultimately because Scott Kingery ends up singling the center. Knapp's going to go on to score. It's now 8-7. to seven. Dodgers still have the lead. And, you know, I saw some good comments out there saying, why isn't Alex Verdugo playing center? You know, frankly, coming into the season, I thought he was going to be our everyday center fielder. He just has flashes of great speed. He hasn't proven at all to be a defensive liability. He can make those catches. So I agree. I think Verdugo should be the center fielder instead of Pollock. But anyways, Bryce Harper coming up to bat. He's had a little success against Kenley in the past, but Harper gets a hold of what Jansen throws to him. He doubles to deep center. Pollock, maybe if he had been able to handle that ball better, it wouldn't have rolled by him, leading to the go-ahead run to score. But at that point, this game fell over. Phillies go on to walk it off. 9-8. to eight. Harper goes on to have five run RBIs that game. Kingery, Hernandez score. And there you go. The Philadelphia Phillies walk it off in pretty exciting fashion in a game that they had no business winning, honestly. You know, the Phillies pitching staff sucked out there. They got away with throwing a pretty mediocre Vincent Velasquez. And they they get rewarded 
with their offense. You know, the Phillies, they have, they're pretty good hitters at home, but it sucks. They, they really shouldn't have won that game. It looks like the San Francisco Giants just took the lead against the Colorado Rockies, top of the 10th inning, out in Coors Field. They're up 5-4. to four. Wade Davis blowing it once again. He has a 540 ERA. If the Giants win this game, they get the four-game sweep against the Rockies. And the Rockies would fall to 46-49. and 49. And believe it or not, the San Francisco Giants, as of this morning, were only three games out of the second wild card. I still think they're going to end up being sellers regardless, but it's pretty crazy to think that the Giants aren't as bad as they had looked to start the season. Anyways, I guess we can talk about the next couple games coming up. Tomorrow's game features Kenta Maeda, who's been on a downfall recently. He's now 7-6. He's got a 382 ERA, 101 strikeouts. He'll be taking on the right-handed thrower, Nick Pavetta, 4-4, 581 ERA. Now, Nick Pavetta, last time he faced the Dodgers, he really kept them off balance. They weren't doing anything against him. He only gave up one run, maybe zero runs, if I recall correctly. In that game at Dodger Stadium, I was in attendance for that game. After he got taken out, the Dodgers somehow ran away, winning like 10 to 1 or something pretty wild. Now, Nick Pavetta, he relies a lot on a cutter, his fastball. I think he has a slider as well. But that 581 ERA and uh, earlier demotion to AAA this season indicates he hasn't had good command of his stuff. After deflating loss like this, though, you would hope the Dodgers will mentally be back in it tomorrow, tack on some more runs. They really like playing in Philadelphia. The 16 and 8 runs are sure indicators of that. I'd also like to take a little flashback moment for everyone. If you recall, when the Dodgers played in Philadelphia last season, It was like the 16th inning. Dave Roberts had completely emptied out the bullpen. There were no pitchers left except Rich Hill. I don't think we should have used Rich Hill. Some people do. But Kike Hernandez came out of the bull. He came out. He came. He came in. He took the mound. He ended up coughing up a home run. Phillies ended up winning that game. So just think back, reflect on that one moment when Kike Hernandez took the mound for the Dodgers in a tied game in extra innings on the road. Good times. The last game of the series, it's a very early start. It's like at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and I think it's a YouTube-only game. Features Ross Stripling. He's 4-3. and three. He's got a 3.65 ERA, 69 strikeouts, and... Before that last start against the Red Sox on Twitter, I said, Ross Stripling, he needs to go out and throw a great game to increase his trade value, prove that he can pitch against the Red Sox because he's going to be pitching in the AL East for many years to come. And you know what Ross Stripling did for me? He went out there, he threw a great game. Because ultimately, 
even though the Dodgers are down a starter, I still want to trade Stripling for Ken Giles, maybe a little more. Got to trade him while his stock is up because any day or any year now, he could completely fall off the planet Earth and be like a Brock Stewart. You got to sell these pitchers when their value is high. Sometimes, you know, Ross Stripling would appreciate this. Sometimes baseball players are like stocks. One day they're high. The next day, they're completely worthless. Series finale features the ace of the Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Nola. After a pretty rocky start, his stats have started to really turn the corner. This was my Cy Young Award pick. Probably incorrect now, but anyways, he's 8-2. 363 ERA, 133 strikeouts. Aaron Nola was cited by some experts and scouts as having the best curveball in baseball last season. He also throws a pretty good changeup. Mid-range velocity, that 94-95 speed, really good right-hander. Should have a good career for many years to come. He's still young. You know, he's going to give the Dodgers some issues, most likely. He is their best guy, after all. Should be... A close game. I really hope the Dodgers can take. I hope the Dodgers can take the next two, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we're looking more at a split. I hope it'd be really upsetting to lose this series to the Phillies at this point. But yeah, I think they're going to win tomorrow. I think Nick Favetta is going to get completely rocked, and then I think that last the getaway day. It's going to be a close game. Could come down to the bullpens. I think Ross Stripling throws another good game. And then after that, the Dodgers, they come home. They're going to take on the Miami Marlins. Now, the Miami Marlins haven't been a good team at all. They're pretty much dead last in hitting. But some good news for Dodger fans. They're not going to face the up-and-coming ace, Caleb Smith. Right now he's five and four, three forty six ERA, ninety four strikeouts. So Caleb Smith, I gotta keep your eye out on for years to come. They're gonna, instead they're gonna face Zach Gallen, pretty new to the career so far. This will only be his fourth major league start. He's zero and one with a four twenty four ERA. Then they're gonna take on Sandy Alcantara. Guy relies a lot on his fastball. He's actually a pretty good road pitcher. He's got a 360 road ERA. Overall on the season, he's 4-9, 394 ERA. And then I think the last game is going to be their other up-and-coming co-ace. I mean, the guy's off to a pretty good start. Jordan Yamamoto. He just got another win against the Padres tonight. So his updated stats actually would be 4-0 with a 159 ERA. So he's a right-hander as well. And he's shown some strikeout upside. So definitely a guy to watch out for because he's been good. Dodgers should... Take care of business against the Marlins. Let's be real. They're not a good team. They're 35 and 57. 
and you know, besides that, after that, I believe the Dodgers will take on the Angels for some revenge, and I'm going to bring on my Angels correspondent, Jane, and she'll bring the insight from the Angels' perspective. Really looking forward to that. That series kicks off next Tuesday in about a week. But just some quick thoughts coming out of this All-Star break. Cody Bellinger on fire. Now he's got 34 home runs. Max Muncy, some people feared the sophomore slump. The regression would come, hit him hard. Hasn't shown just yet. He's got 25 home runs. Kiki Hernandez, last seven games, hitting 261. Going to get plenty of plate opportunities. I'm really happy to see AJ Paul come back. Guy's been great offensively. It's almost like trading for a player without giving up any assets. Corey Seager looks like he's going to contribute, as he always does. Verdugo, great rookie. So happy to see him in the lineup practically every day. In terms of Dodgers pitchers, you know, everyone doing their job. Other than this rough start by Walker Buehler today, you know, Kershaw. Still looking good, despite all those years and mileage on that arm. Very curious to see what the Dodgers do come this trade deadline. They got to trade for some bullpen arms. I would love to for them to bring in Whit Merrifield, though I don't think it's a necessary requirement at this point in time. The NL is a complete race between like 13 teams right now. Ten of them gunning for a wild card spot. Very curious to see what the teams like the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, who just traded for a catcher the other day, Martin Maldonado. You know, then the Nationals, who were once completely dead in the water, they're now seven games above 500. They're in complete playoff mode. Potentially a team the Dodgers faced in the NLDS. And I got to be honest, guys, I'm a little concerned with them just because they have Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, and Steven Strasburg. And actually the guy who I'd fear the most is Patrick Corbin. He's had his way with the Dodgers the last couple seasons. So hopefully that's a team we can avoid. And then other than that, you know, the AL spoiling down to the Astros, Yankees, Twins right now. Was really impressed with the way the Dodgers took care of business in Fenway. I didn't think they were going to win that series, but they proved otherwise winning two or three. Kenley Jansen actually pitched really great in that finale extra innings game. Without his performance, Red Sox probably would have went on and win. But we'll see what happens, guys. Let's rebound, take some wins. You know, this is the best team in baseball for a reason. Got to stay positive. All right, let's go Dodgers. Kevin Klein out.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.